It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, Joel? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, back again. Welcome to our daily Euros live stream on the Trademate Sports betting podcast. Today we'll be previewing tomorrow's fixtures, so that would be Thursday for all you European, UK, US watchers. So we've got Euro- Ukraine sorry, versus North Macedonia, Denmark versus Belgium, Netherlands versus Austria, and I think on top of that we'll have a bit of a yarn about Maybe have a look at some of the futures markets, what they've been doing lately, uh, and I think um, I think a, a quick chat about just the the market and you know the efficiency of the market at the moment, how that's kind of going, some of the moves we've seen, bit of a general chat, and who better else to do it with than my man Pro Sports Better Neil Shah? How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. How are you, Alex? All good. Very, very good, mate. We've had a um, we've had a very good start. Uh, to the tournament, or at least we had a we had a rough first stream, but our second stream has just shown that our class comes through in the end, doesn't it? I'll get up some of the the results on my stream uh, on my screen just to to show viewers how we've been going. So Portugal, Hungary. I'm pretty George had both uh, no, Portugal to win and under three and a half goals. That was a nice winner. You had Cristiano Ronaldo over one and a half shots on target and over three and a half shots in total. So you've done very well there, mate. France, I mean, I don't want to gloat myself, but I've <laughs> had the mug bet of a lifetime on France. <laughs> uh, very, very interesting, that one. And maybe we can touch on that at the end with yeah. um, with Germany coming in, in towards the end. So, I mean, there's absolutely no closing line value in that one, but um, we'll, uh, we'll take that. And Russia, I believe you, you had... Uh, the corners handicap, but that came back as a void. You had minus three, Russia. Yeah. And then the final two games today, the Turkey and Italy game, you had Italy and Turkey to both win to nil, uh, but that did not happen in the Turkey game, but it did happen <laughs> in the Italy game. So if we, if we sum it all up, you know, we've gone probably about 75% throughout all the picks from the last podcast. So... Not too bad, mate. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I forgot to mention off the top, please, guys, send in any questions throughout the stream, send through any comments, any thoughts you have on the upcoming games. The last stream was just sensational. There was questions coming in left, right and centre. And as you guys know, we get to all of them and um, give you our our thoughts on what you have to say. There's a good question by a gambling fan here, actually, so maybe we could segue into that because we were going to talk about that, weren't we, about the outrights? Mm. Um, I can get up the outrights on the screen now because very interesting, as we were saying before, Italy have just steamed in after their two big wins. Uh, I think think they started the tournament, or at least a couple days before the tournament started, they were at 12.5, and that's when I was thinking of getting in on them. And then by the time I went to go place the bet, they'd gone down to 10, and now they're into sixes in some places. So, um, yeah, what are your your thoughts on the market so far, mate? Yeah, I mean, um, I think going back to something Nigel said um, when we did our first uh, first podcast, it was a really good point, you know, we can kind of get caught up in... 
um, looking at outrights before the tournament, looking at potential draws. But as we've seen, that there's been already so many banana skins, um, you know, and there, there's been sort of some some strange results. Um, you look at, for, for example, Denmark. I mean, you know, I, I was one of them. Other people have gone, you know, pretty heavy. They had Belgium and Denmark as first and second in that group. That might not happen. Um, you know, in the France, Germany, Portugal group, again, you know, that, that was kind of hard to call in the beginning what the order would be. So, you know, even by the end of the group stage, uh, with some of these teams, you know, the odds won't change that much. So even with France, I mean, they're at the moment best price of fives. I mean, they've come down maybe a tick. I think there were sixes before the game, if, if I remember. Oh, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I uh, think they were at sixes as the, yeah, for France to win, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, they've come in a little bit, but um, again, you know, is that, is that price going to move? I think going to Germany, yeah, I mean, we've got best price of 13s at Unibet. Um, personally, I, I I wouldn't want to be on them. Um, I mean, listen, you know, to get an each-way payout, you've got to get them to the final. If you're looking at a trading angle, I mean, potentially, you know, there's more upside there. The market might, you know, react in your favour if they have a good performance, if they beat Portugal. Um, but I personally don't think they're they're solid enough to, you know, to go deep in this competition. I mean, looking at, you know, the performance of Italy tonight, um, the, well, I mean, did people will see the France-Germany game in, in a different way. I mean, Alex, like, did you manage to watch it or any of the highlights or anything or... Well, I've seen the highlights, looked at a couple of the stats, and I saw that, yeah, it was if – if you want to look at it from an XG point of view, then France shouldn't have won. So Germany yeah. were a little so bit unlucky. But, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say because you, you then look at all the VAR decisions and, you know, if, if you know, this bloke was off onside by a little bit, you know, if they were a couple inches backwards and Mbappe scores that goal. And, you know, you can look at all those things too and think maybe France should have won by more. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's, that, yeah absolutely. So Because that was interesting because I had a feeling because, you know, because of time difference, you might not have seen it live. And so if you if you go back and watch the highlights of the game, it looks like Germany, you know, had, had a great chance and um, they were unlucky. And some people would interpret the game that way. I was watching it and I could, I, in, you know, in terms of how I saw it, it was France weren't really getting out of third gear. They, you know, were able to kind of control the game. Deschamps has this kind of strategy where, you know, he he, he, he wants the team to be a bit cautious. They kind of rein them in a bit. But you saw there were just a few moments of magic with Mbappe who just kind of exploded. Um, there was a sort of little run with He gave like Hummels like a 10-yard head start and then still outpaced him. I mean, it was just scary, like how how quick he was, and then the offside goal as well, just the finish, just the control. Um, and so, in every game, they're going to have moments and and take those moments. And I I never really thought they were sort of hugely under pressure. I think they kind of held Germany at bay. They could kind of control the the pressure. Um, that's where I see you know the big difference between. Um, someone like you know Germany and France or maybe Portugal. Just the team is just so complete. With Germany, there's just a lot of question marks with their defence. Um, you know, if this was a kind of deciding game, if I think if France really wanted to go for it, I think they could have. That's maybe just my opinion. Maybe people won't agree with that, but I mean that that's how I saw it. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if you think you know Germany have a chance, you know, I mean, I mean it's it's big price. 
Um, you've got to look at it. I mean, if you put it down in probability terms, you know, what, 13, uh, 12 to 1 shot, you know, 7% chance. I mean, that sounds pretty low, but, you know, consider who they're up against. You know, they've got to get past potentially all these other teams. Um, I think it's going to be tricky for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my personally, again, you know, I think Italy were really impressive once again. Um, their prices obviously come in. You can see, you know, the, the, the kind of the market is quite quite hot on them now. They still haven't played a big team, an elite team, you know, and they, they haven't going back quite a way, really. Um, and that's going to be the test for them. But I think the one thing that, that was interesting for me was that Immobile scored that goal just before the end. And I think that's a, that's a big moment because, again, if you've got your kind of main striker on the score sheet now, you know, he's going to be full of confidence because he did waste a few chances today. Um, you know, and Italy could have had a few more. Uh, but similar to France, they, they were just in control of the game. Like Switzerland had a couple of chances, um, but it never really looked like they were going to kind of put a dent on them. Um, so, I mean, the way I'm, I'm looking at it now, you know, that France, the team to beat, but on a one-off game, I mean, Italy would run them close. And listen, there's only match day two. Any, there's a lot of things that can happen from here. There could be a few upsets. Um, you know, one of these big teams could be going home. I mean, in, in um, the group of death, it looks like, you know, potentially, again, with Germany, you backing them at 13s, that means, you know, they have to beat Portugal. They have to beat Hungary. Um, you know, that, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I look at the market and just think, there's not much that splits from from Italy down to like you know the Netherlands. There's not much that splits them, is there? Like you know yeah, any, yeah. any team on any day, and 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 if you look at it, like for me, if if I had to put my money somewhere, even though they're the shortest price out of all of them, France for me, it just you know they seem to be just that little bit cut above the rest, and they're they're the only team here that's actually played another good team and won in in the Germany game so far. That's so. Point, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Not I, like Nigel said in the in our outright preview. I think let's just wait and see. If you want to back, you know, Italy to Netherlands, I think you have to wait and see what their path's going to be to the final. But for someone like France, it it doesn't really matter. It doesn't like we know they're going to qualify from Group F, um, and we know that no matter who they face, they could you know have to go through England, Belgium, Portugal to the final. You know, they can beat all of them. We know that. Whereas if it's the other way around and you're looking at another team like, you know, a Spain or a Germany or whatever, you know, you want them to have someone easy in the in the round of 16 and, you know, and from there on. So it look, to me it's a bit of a punt at the moment and in terms of who to back in the outrights. But France being the safest pick, I mean, you can get fives there at Unibet and Betway. That represents a 20% chance of them of winning the tournament. And I think a lot of people might think that France are more than a 20% chance of winning the tournament if you think about it that way. So, yeah, interesting stuff, mate. And I'm sure as we go on throughout the um, throughout these, uh, these live streams, we will talk about the outright markets a little bit more. Uh, just a quick question here from Gambling Fan. He says, Alex, when betting to win one unit, if you think there is extra value, will you bet to win two units? I, th- I think uh, betting to win one unit in a way is it's not it's not the perfect staking strategy. I think that the perfect, I mean, there's no perfect staking strategy, but the optimal staking strategy I think is Kelly 
Um, but Kelly is very difficult to figure out if you don't understand what, well, or you don't have your own kind of true odds on what something should be. So I think that's why I use betting to one unit a lot of the time. Um, but, you know, if something, you know, the thing about Kelly is you're, I guess you're optimizing the EV situation, whereas you're putting more money on situations where you've got more expected value or you've just got more value. So um, I guess I would encourage people to put more money down on maybe lower odds ranges, you know, maybe 250 and below to to put more money down on those kind of selections where you know that there's more EV than normal. But, I mean, betting to win two units, it, it, it's all about percentages of your bankroll, isn't it? Like um, – I would never tell someone to bet more than, you know, three or 4% of their bankroll. So it's a tough question, gambling fan. You'd maybe have to give me more of an example. Do you have any any thoughts on that, mate? Um, yeah, you know, I, I agree definitely with, you know, what you say there. The, um, I mean, even with Kelly, um, you know, I think using a fractional Kelly. So if you're using kind of full Kelly staking, that's... Um, <laughs> I'm not brave yeah, enough. Sorry, to do I did mean fractional. <laughs> I mean that's that. Yeah. So so I think like like TradeMate for example. I think is it the default? Is it thirty percent that is set? Yeah, that's to? correct. Yeah. Yeah. So th- you know thirty percent Kelly. Um, at some point, you know, once you get up to a certain level, you're staking. You might not be able to achieve that thirty percent. So you know, after a while, um, for me, it's difficult to get beyond twenty percent at the soft books anyway. Um, so you know that that's one thing, but exactly like Alex said, it, sometimes it's hard. You need to know what your edge is, and if you're not 100% sure, um, you know, if you basically eyeball a price and you think, okay, this looks wrong, this um, you know, it should be around this, or um, you know, I really like the price on X, Y, or Z. The safest way to play it is, you know, again, to bet one unit. Um, and if, if I mean, if you're following the, the, the tips I'm putting out on Twitter and the ones I'm putting on TradeMate, I do put how many units on each selection. So for me, um, I, I would put a maximum of, of five units staked on anything that, that I'm betting on. Um, so the bigger odd selections, let's say some of these outrights, um, you know, for the goal scorers or things like that, um, you know, I put, let's say, a quarter of a unit each way um, at most. So um, it is kind of relative to, to your risk and um, sort of your bankroll and all of that and your risk profile. You know, if you are quite risk averse, and you know, I think it's better to just kind of stick to that one unit. And then when you get more confidence, and when you're kind of um, you know building up your bankroll, you can kind of look at alternative strategies, try a few different things, read up. I mean, definitely, I'd recommend reading up on different kinds of strategies you can use. Um, recently, you know, we had uh, Dan Abrams on on the podcast as well. Um, you know, and, and really interesting stuff there about kind of neutral hedges. So, um, you know, and that kind of relates to how you might stake as well. So definitely, you know, give him a follow on Twitter and then, you know, check out his stuff. That might give you some ideas too. Um, but, you know, again, we, I like to try and keep it as simple as possible as well. Um, if you're not doing this full time, again, you know, it, you might not have enough time. You know, you just might just have enough time to actually put your bets on, you know, let alone kind of faff around for 10 minutes trying to figure out the calculations and all of this. So, you know, if, if you're not sure, keep it simple is my advice. 
Yeah, well said, mate. All right, let's uh, let's get in. We've been going already 15 minutes and we haven't even talked about tomorrow's <laughs> games yet. Uh, and I, as I said last stream, I'll have the trade mate feed up here so you guys can see if there's any movement with the Euros so far, any value bets coming through and any of uh, the biggest bookies in the world. Uh, but at the moment, it's all it's all Copper America. So, uh, yeah, you can see there, Bet365, Bet Victor, bit of money coming in on the unders for uh, the Colombia-Venezuela game. So you guys can keep an eye on that as me and Neil babble along. But just a quick um, quick disclaimer on the video, as always, guys, I or no one else on this channel is a financial advisor. This is just educational content aimed at improving your knowledge about sports betting. There is a risk of losing money on betting and what choices you make with your money is completely up to you. So please be responsible. Ukraine versus Macedonia, mate. I'll get up the odds quickly for everyone. Ukraine uh, at 1.75, or a little bit more than that, maybe in a few places. Looks like they're starting to uh, to get the blows, actually. Draw is 3.6, and North Macedonia, you can get them at about 5.5, maybe a little bit more at a few other places. Both these sides coming off a loss, mate. Uh, losses to the Netherlands, Ukraine lost to Netherlands and Austria lost to, oh, so North Macedonia lost to Austria. North Macedonia with a very, I would say, very lucky goal against Austria and they were they were pretty much smashed on the XG2 against an Austrian side that, that's not too fancied heading into the tournament. So wasn't a great start to the tournament for Macedonia. Ukraine, I think they'll be kicking themselves a little bit after that loss to the Dutch I no idea what the keeper was thinking for that clearance. I I, I had uh, I had Ukraine plus a half, so I was absolutely, uh, I mean, fuming at that clearance. <laughs> it was very frustrating. Um, but I guess in all honesty, they didn't really deserve anything from that game. Anyway, they lost. They lost pretty comfortably on XG two. Neil, mate, where are you? Uh, where are you taking me on this one? Yeah, I mean. Um... I mean, looking at just if you know, if you're looking at the, the kind of the straight match odds, I mean, I think Ukraine should edge this. Um, but again, I, I don't really like the price on that. You know, it, it, it could be a little bit tight. If you wanted an opportunity to kind of trade that or bet on that in play, maybe you know, if it's if it's kind of a draw at half time, um, you could. Uh, I mean, the, the Netherlands Ukraine match, I think for me, it was my favourite match so far. It was so open. Um, Really interesting, really entertaining game, and and actually the Aust- Austria uh, Macedonia game was was pretty good as well. So you've got two teams there. I mean Macedonia they they went quite bold with quite an attacking formation and lineup in the first game, um, and it's hard to say really because I mean they're just kind of here, you know, for the party. They've enjoyed it. They've scored a goal. Um, you know, there's kind of no there's no real pressure on them in that sense. They want to play for pride, but. Uh, I think I kind of I admire the fact they've kind of come and um, you know they're not just kind of having a ten-man defence and just kind of with this low block and they actually you know t- try to take the game to Austria. So it's hard to tell will they actually do that against um, Ukraine or will they try and um, you know sneak a point out of this? And you know with Ukraine, I mean again we, we say this every single podcast it's a must-win game. You know it's it's a must-win. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they're going to go for it. I mean, they caused the Dutch so many problems uh, going forward, and you know, probably a little bit unfortunate as well. Um, 
but they they really were kind of you know leaking opportunities at the back. I think Shevchenko is an interesting coach. I think he's quite adaptable. This Ukraine team has kind of you know changed personnel and formations, and um, you know I'm sure he'll be looking at that as well to to you know to, to see. Um, one angle is not actually my angle, but you know something that that George mentioned uh, somewhere else was about uh, cards and uh, the referee for this game. It is quite a lunatic and uh, you've got quite, quite a lot of cards. So that's something you could look into. I won't go into loads of detail here, but if you wanted to do the research on that, that might be something of interest. Um, but yeah, personally, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to go on that. Um, a few interesting things um, as well. So with Macedonia, you might be surprised to know they've only failed to score once in their last 15 games. Um they have played a lot of dross in those games, though, to be fair, because of their Nations League group. Um, again, you know, friendlies, not necessarily against, you know, big nations. But, you know, they have played some decent sides in that. So they are a goal threat. We saw against uh, the Netherlands, you know, Ukraine can leak goals as well. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't put you off. I mean, the overs line, over two and a half, you know, it's just above evens. Hmm. Not a bad price. Um, you know, if you wanted to combine that with something or, you know, maybe even combine the over one and a half with uh, like the cards angle that I mentioned, you know, that, that could be a way in. Um, so there's a few ways to play it. Um, with me, I don't know, I'm sure anyone who's been watching might have noticed that I go for these kind of weird bets. I, I, I You know, if there's a value in the 1x2, I, I will take it. But sometimes, you know, there really, there isn't. It's tough to find. Um you know, so, so something that stood out to me um, was, and I forgive me, I'm not going to pronounce this right, I'm sure, um, Sidorchuk, Sidorchuk uh, passes. So Sidorchuk for the Ukraine. Um, the line at, at Bet365 is uh, over 63 and a half for him. Now, that, that stood out to me because sort of looking at the stats, again, this is kind of a purely stats-based play and how the game might actually pan out um, for his passes. I'll just bring them up on the screen just for a second. Right. So, yeah. So if he actually averages 31 per game um, because he has actually been subbed a few times. So this is over the last season uh, for international games. And he's only ever hit more than, well, he hasn't hit over 63 and a half in any of his games. Um, and, you know, North Macedonia, they're, okay, they're not the world's best side, but they're still a decent side. And, you know, they, they have useful players. They have technical players like uh, Elmas and, and Bardi and Pandev who will, you know, try and keep possession. They can keep the ball. You know, they're... they're, they're you know, they're capable of it. So even though they won't have as much possession, I thought that line is exceptionally high. So I've taken unders on that. Um, he, you know, he, he got 38 passes in the game against the, the Dutch. Uh, just you know, give a few more examples as well. Um, we can already get 37 against France. That was in, you know, in their recent game against France. I mean, those are, that's very good opposition. Um but even against, you know, slightly poorer opposition, I've got here, you know, again, against Lithuania, he got about 23 passes there, although he was subbed, to be fair. So I, I do like the value on that. I think um, 1.83 with, with 3.65. Um, the passes angle is something I do try and look at in a lot of games. Um, the way that they're priced up, sometimes you... 
um, you know, they're, they're kind of priced up on an average. Um, they don't always take sort of contextual uh, factors into account. So if you have a bit of knowledge about team, if you have a bit of knowledge about a tactical system that their opponents are going to play, um, you can try and squeeze some some value out of that that way. So that would be my play for that game. But I wouldn't put you off goals. I wouldn't put you off, you know, backing the Ukraine, but maybe waiting a little while in play as well. Yeah, we've got quite a few questions or just statements coming through on the stream, but I wanted to just quickly go on the back of what you just said. Um, the problem with these prop markets is I assume they're going to get your account looked at a little bit quicker than like a 1x2 bet or an over-under or, you know, Asian handicap, one of those bigger markets. And and something that Mark O'Hare mentioned to me, uh, for those who don't know, Mark O'Hare is a sports betting analyst. He's on all the podcasts, very popular man because um, he's done a lot of card betting. So what he does to try and ha- hide the card bets, which is another kind of prop-ish, you know, smaller kind of market, is put them in bet builders and traders or, you know, people taking a look at your account will look at that and think, okay, it's just a, it's just a bet builder. So this guy's, you know, they're, they're normally seen as mug markets or, you know, you know your, your mug gamblers, your, your dumb gamblers are placing those bets. So if you could maybe combine that under 63 and a half on Sergei Sidochuk <laughs> <laughs> with, I don't know, something that's like almost certainly going to happen with it, like, I don't know, like... Um, I can't think of over a half goals or something. Yeah, like just a goal. Something, in the yeah, something that's just like one dollar point one point zero five to happen or something like that. Um, then it kind of hides that a bit more and makes it look like a bet builder rather than like a really smart prop bet there on something that you've heavily researched and seen will come through. So or might come through. It's better chance than the odds represent. So. Um, that's just a little tip there because I'm noticing that you're giving out a lot of these bets, mate, and they're bloody superb. But, no, no, uh, it's but just it's a great advice, it. yeah. The only thing I would say is on the, the um, on the passes bets, I, I'm not sure you can actually combine those on um, 365. The reason 365 is used as well is also because they give both sides of the line. So there are other bookies who do overs on the passes, um, but but you can't bet on the unders. So so you know again the the, the margin is quite high there. But yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, agreed with that. So if you've got something like shots in the game, or goal kicks, or offsides, or whatever, you can combine it through a bet builder. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, that's one way to stay under the radar. Eventually, they're going to clock onto you, but it'll kind of prolong prolong your account a bit longer. So yeah, no, really good advice. Yeah, I'll um, I'll get to some of these points. So Limerick for Liam, he's talking about Denmark here, mate. Why don't we get to that uh, next? Because we're going to talk about Denmark and and Belgium after this. Um, Janelle's asked quick thoughts on Colombia game tomorrow. I mean, I feel like it would be unjust of us to talk about that because I assume we've both done apps. Well, I haven't done any research on, on the camera. <laughs> I'm not sure Neil has too. He's just been stuck into the Euros. So, uh, Janelle, we might leave that one too. Um, Colombia to nil. There you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, Ukraine. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Only fools lay horses which is tony alvarez we've had him on the podcast before uh don't can't remember what number episode but it was a good listen uh ukraine a touch long for me already shortened a bit rand 
Rand Holland closed and arguably their best two players, Zinchenko, had a stinker and Malinovsky turned up for about 10 minutes. So, yeah, Tony's a fan of Netherlands, uh, sorry, Ukraine and uh, from the odds before, I believe they're at 1.75 or something like that. Uh, Jarnell agrees with Tony. There you go. And in reply to what I said before about combining them and bet builders, Tony has said you could back something close to the exchange price in the bet builder and lay that part of the bet. So a uh, good piece of advice there from Tony. Yeah. I don't know how much there is how much more there is to say about the Ukraine game, mate. I was, I'm actually surprised just from a, a person who does very little research point of view that the, the over underline is over two and a half at, at 2.12. You can get there in a couple of places. Um, yeah. I mean, just from the naked eye. Yeah. yeah from, from the naked eye, I just look at this and think North Macedonia, like you said, have, have only scored zero goals once in the past 15 games and, and Ukraine, they can score goals too, so I um, I would have thought that the the line might have been a touch touch higher than two point five, but that's from a uh, from a mug perspective, mate. So why do you think the lines may be this low? Um, well, is it, sorry, the the line on on Ukraine or, or yeah. the goal? The goals, sorry, mate. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess sort of a reaction to the, um, I mean, you know, again, it was Austria, the Austria game and then the Netherlands game, you know, there were goals in both games, both teams scored. Um, they were probably, you know, two, two of the most open games in the tournament. So probably that's, that's a contributing factor. Um, and I suppose as well, you know, both teams have to go for it, particularly, you know, Ukraine, they, they, they need to go for this for the win. So I'd imagine that, you know, that, that would be part of it. So, I mean, for me, Oh yeah, I wouldn't. You know, again, look at this um, from the start. I think this is a, this would be an interesting game to try and trade and play. If, you know, if you're inclined that way again to let's say to get Ukraine closer to evens, uh, to bump up the the overs price, or you know, if it's a kind of tight first half, maybe after half an hour or so, then look at you know if Ukraine are putting on pressure, that might be the time for, for me to back them. I mean, I, I can I definitely see what you know Tony's saying. There's there's definitely an argument for that. that they, they're too short. I mean, I, um, yeah, I wouldn't take them at that price at kickoff. Um, but, but then you know, again, if they they kind of have a fast start and they kind of blitz Macedonia, then you've lost the value there. Um, yeah, he made a good point. You know, Malinovsky. I was disappointed with Malinovsky as well. He's got, again, he's got a good game on him. So is Zinchenko. Um, you know, that whole kind of Ukraine team i think they'll be desperate to win so and they're a very dangerous side so uh yeah we'll see like i said yeah i, w- I wouldn't put anyone off off that necessarily i, I would want to sort of see how it goes in play again with this sort of, i like this macedonia side i think they're kind of um they're a kind of joker wild card team um and you know they're kind of an unusual side to play against so so they could cause problems yeah all right awesome yeah, I am surprised, but how how high Ukraine are too? I mean, they North Macedonia lost pretty comfortably to to Austria, and I think before the tournament, at least, a lot of people might have had Ukraine rated above Austria, or at least very very close. So, uh, I noticed a few people tipping up Ukraine to to um, oh, 
either win this group or, or qualify. I can't remember, but yeah, there were a lot of people fancying the odds on on Ukraine there, and, and you got Tony there just clarifying that he's taken Ukraine at point eight one point eight two, uh, and he's got them at about one point seven five. So it yeah, seems like at the moment they've got the blows. So how about I, I mean maybe wait a little bit longer and see if you can get an even bigger price there on on the Ukraine if that's that's your way inclined. Denmark and Belgium, mate, this is probably the feature game of the match day tomorrow. So that would be Thursday for everyone over there. Odds on this one, Belgium are at about 2, 2.1 in that range. Draw 3.3 in a few places. Denmark, you can get as high as 4.3, 4.4. In a very few places there, maybe towards 4.2 is a bit more accurate. Um, yeah, massive, massive game in Group B here. I mean, as we said about Ukraine, this really is a, a big game for Denmark. I wouldn't say it's a must win, but I would say it's a must result. They probably need to to get a draw here. But then, but then thinking about this, they could they could lose this. And Russia are currently on three points. Finland are on three points. Um, you wouldn't expect Finland to get anything from the Belgium match. So then you're kind of thinking Denmark versus Russia. If Denmark beat Russia, yeah, it, it'll go down to, to goals difference probably in that case. But ideally, Denmark need a result here. Probably just confused everyone massively there. Um very hard well, to get a read on them. Maybe, um, Alex, if you could get the, the standings on the table or something, maybe that might help. Yeah, oh, that's a great call, Master. mate. That's, that's, that's something that a, uh, a host would maybe think about. But unfortunately, <laughs> in this case, I'm very shit at my job. So there's your standings in Group B. Um, what else was I going to say about this one? Uh, I, I would say it's a little bit... Pretty hard to get a read on them at the moment, isn't it, Denmark? After everything that's happened with Ericsson, you can kind of, on one hand, they've lost Ericsson for the tournament, so that's a that's a massive loss. So they're going to be losing out in that department. But then you don't know how it's going to affect them mentally. Like, will they lift? Maybe they're just emotionally drained already from the whole incident. And they'll drop off even more. Um, but they. They probably deserve more out of that Finland game. I think their XG was 1.87. Finland was less than less than one, definitely. So, um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's it, it. They're obviously a better team than they were against Finland, and and Belgium. On the other hand, it was a great start to the tournament for them. Um, and I'm sure Lukaku. Uh, everyone was happy to see Lukaku score a couple of goals because I think every dog, every man and their dog, sorry, had um, had had Lukaku to be top goal scorer for the tournament. Um, I'll get back to this this point from Limerick for Liam. He said, "I have a good few quid on Denmark anti post in the outrights and group forecast. They're a little unlucky." Uh, it's not looking good for him now, though. To be honest, do you think that Denmark can turn it around after everything that's happened to them, Neil? Um, you know, a big part of me would say no, and I'm sure a lot of people would say no chance. But um, strangely, history is on their side. So uh, if you go back to Euro '92, 
Um, I mean, it's just an incredible story in itself. So they, they didn't even qualify for the tournament. The only reason they got into the tournament was because um, um, Yugoslavia, there was, you know, civil war in, in Yugoslavia at the time. So they, you know, were given that that place into the tournament. So they weren't even fully prepared uh, when they got there. And their best player, I can't remember if he was injured or if there was an issue, um, it may be an injury, um, you know, Michael Laudrup, Superb player, you know, uh, kind of you know, Ericsson is kind of in the mold of him. Is it, it was you know one of one of his idols. Um, you know, their best player wasn't in that tournament, uh, and they went on and won it. So these things happen, and unlike the World Cup, you get shocks happening. You know, you've got Greece who've won it before. Um, you know, you've had the Czech Republic who got to the the final in Euro '96. I don't know what odds they would have been at, but it would have been pretty high. Um, so these things happen. Even when Portugal won it, you know, they weren't necessarily fans. I mean, they're not a huge outsider, but they weren't really considered as strong contenders then either. So um, it's possible. And, it, and it's hard to say. It could go one of two ways. Um, and you see in sports all the time where, um, whether it's athletes or teams, you know, who've, got, who've gone through, you know, difficult circumstances and, and that, kind of spark something inside them and gives them some extra drive and motivation to um, to succeed. I think when Italy won the World Cup in 2006, I mean, Syria was in a mess. It was in the middle of a, a bribery scandal. Um, you know, there, there was just you know, absolute carnage in the league. And then they went on and won the World Cup the same year. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, you've got a few quid on it. Um, hold out hope. You never know what will happen, especially in this draw with with three teams that go through. Um, like we said in this group, look, I mean, Russia have got a massive goal difference now um, to, to overcome. Uh, so again, that that's that not massive, but you know they, they've got a few goals to overcome. So that's in Denmark's favour. Um, if they do lose to Belgium, um, but you know if it's by only let's say a goal. Then, then they've got every chance still to, to try and kind of squeeze through. So even, look, three points was enough for some of these teams to make. I mean, Portugal won the last thing. They didn't even win a game in the group stage. Uh, you know, they had three draws. So, yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, Bernardo has said, hi, guys. Italia, well, Italy looking pretty good at the moment. Your thoughts? I mean, we've touched on this already at the start of the podcast mate so if you want to just rewind a bit you can but i think if i had to summarize exactly what we said looking great maybe not the greatest uh opposition so far and i think it's just it's a bit hard to to know where to put your money in at the moment until you know what their path is going to be like heading into the into the finals but um yeah looking great and i think the biggest thing the italians have got on their side depending on which way you, you look at it is they've had three home games settled in italy Lovely little spot there at home, playing not the hardest opposition in the world. Probably can rest a few players heading into next week. They're they're very relaxed, and um, whether you think that's a good thing or whether you'd rather them be in the group of death and be playing the best teams of the best, that's up for uh, for everyone's judgment. But um, yeah, that's that was that's a quick summary of kind of our thoughts at the moment. Uh, gambling fan has said Belgium to win to nil, and and maybe you want to just go through your thoughts overall on this clash with Belgium, mate. Yeah, I mean that that's a good shout, actually. I mean that, that you know that's that's not not a bad uh, call at all. I think um, you know Denmark they they do struggle to to score goals. 
Uh, my only concern would be, you know, they, they, although they do struggle a little bit, they do have goals in that that team. You know, they, they, it's not um, it's not a terrible team. They've got, I mean, they've got Braithwaite. You know, he's okay. He doesn't play for them, but he's a Barcelona forward. Uh, you've got Paulson from Leipzig as well. Um, again, you know, and, and, and a couple of handy players, you know, like Wind up, up front. Um, Matthias Janssen, the Brentford player, is going to come in for Ericsson for this game. You know, he's he's quite a skillful midfielder. Obviously, you know, he's he's not in the class of Ericsson, um, but again, you know, very a, a useful player. So they're capable of a goal against against a Belgian team. Okay, they didn't concede many in qualifying, but in the games against Denmark, I believe um, Denmark scored two. In one of those games, I think they may have scored one goal on the other. So, you know, they, they have shown they can score against them, but that was with Ericsson. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't put you past that. Even the price on, on Belgium, I mean, just looking at it, I'm sure a lot of people will be tempted that, that that's a big price, um, considering Denmark's best player is out, considering Belgium have beaten them twice in the Nations League, um, you know, considering the, the run that Belgium are in, the form they're in. But... No De Bruyne. I don't think there'll be De Bruyne. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think it's unlikely, uh, you know, potentially no Hazard either in that team. Castagna's out as well, so that's going to cause a problem. I think uh, Vertonghen's out in defence. Um, so, again, whether you think that's a good or a bad thing, I mean, I'm a fan of Vertonghen myself. So that might create some chances for, um, for Denmark there. Uh, I mean, the angle that... I've got that. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, yeah, that's a big price. That's a big price. But, you know, to even taking out Ericsson from this team, you know, uh, Denmark do have a, a solid spine, a solid centre. They're going to be at home, so you have to factor that in. They're going to be in Copenhagen. Um, the crowd are going to be fully behind them. They're going to be more motivated than ever. You know, every professional footballer is motivated. It's the Euros anyway, but because of what's happened, they're going to be even extra motivated. Um, but like you said, Alex, it's hard to say, is that going to be overwhelming or is that going to be something that's going to lift them? It, it, it's really difficult to say. I mean, I don't I don't have personal knowledge of, you know, what, what the characters of some of the, the Danish squad. I mean, from what we saw and what they did in the last game, you know, it does seem like they're, they have a really strong bond and, they, you know, they're kind of really unified and this will bring them even closer together. Um but at the end of the day, look, you know, you look, you, you could look at the quality of Belgium, look at how informed that Lukaku is in right now. It's going to be difficult for them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't put put it past you on that. On that, I think, I mean, I can see the game, you know, being a little bit flat. I don't That's think it will be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it could be flat. I think they, they, there might not be a lot of goals in it. Um, I think Denmark could keep it tight. You know, maybe it could go in. I mean, so far in this Euros, I mean, I've lost count of how many games have gone in nil-nil at halftime. And a few games, or even, to, you know, today, um, were it was looking that way again, you know, with some kind of late goals in the, in the end of the first half. So, again, if you're looking for trading angles, that could be it. I mean, the unders line is what best price? 1.71. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming the line's at about... Yeah, two, maybe two point, just two flat. Oh, that would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, and I think... Um, 2.25 maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I I look at a game like this and think, yeah, Denmark are at home. Oh, sorry, I am still here. Uh, yeah, I'm back now. Um, yeah, De- Denmark are at home. 
They're going to be emotionally charged for this game. They're already a very good defensive outfit. And I think if we're thinking of, you know, the ways that emotions can play out on a football game, or I think in lots of just um, lots of games in general, lots of different sports, sorry, that I would say that it maybe positively affects your defense. Like it makes you a bit more switched on, a bit more, uh, maybe a bit more physical, rough, whatever you want to call it. But I'm not sure that it gives you much being emotionally charged, gives you much attacking flair or anything like that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I would say that um, with the loss of Ericsson and the fact that Denmark aren't really renowned to score too many goals, uh, put that with the fact that they'll be emotionally charged at home. They're well set up defensively already. It just it smells of a bit of a a bit of a low scoring game. And I mean, I could say this and you know <laughs> they'll go out tomorrow and and the, the score will be three all or something like that. But I. Yeah, from my point of view, I'd be looking at the unders here. You can get, I can get up the odds on the screen for those who are interested in taking the unders. Under one and a half goals is 3.2 on bet365. And that's a little bit of an outlier there. So that could be quite an interesting thing. Like we discussed the other day on the, the Turkey Switzerland game, the line on the exchanges here is at about threes. Oh, money's just coming on the exchange, just drop straight away. I mean, who, who isn't listening to me? Um, and you've got, Bet365 3.2 here, most bookies at three or below. So that could be a potential play for people there. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, um, yeah, it's a tricky one though because, again, because if they kind of fire and they and they um, they click into gear, then they could get a couple, you know, if, if Denmark kind of capitulate. Um, so it's a bit of a risk. Uh, I mean, something I looked at as well is maybe combining under three and a half and a Belgian win. That kind of um, juices up the odds a little bit. Um, you know, another combo. What what I'm actually on. I mean, um, yeah, I, I agree with, with, with Tony again. It's, it's a big price. I mean, this is you're taking Belgium to win. You know, uh, uh, you know, um, odds odds against. Considering everything that's happened, considering the quality they have in their team, considering uh, you know how they kind of brushed aside Russia and. Uh, again, you know, they, they've beaten uh, Denmark twice. Uh, so, I, mean, I wouldn't put you off just as kind of straight back of that. And even the minus one that Gambling Van mentioned, you know, they beat um, Denmark 4-2 and 2-0. So that would have come in in both of those games as well. It's, it's a big price. Um, so I wouldn't, absolutely wouldn't put anyone off it. Um, the end, I guess the only reason I'm not doing it is just I just feel guilty. Uh, I don't. I don't want Belgium to smash them. I, I want Denmark to to win, you know, or at least keep it competitive and to win it. So, so um, you know, that that's my sort of strange motivation there. But I, absolutely, I think um, you know that that could be the way to go. How I'm going with this is actually a cards angle. Um, so the cards cards thing is interesting, and uh, it's something I'm kind of wondering. I'm trying to be more selective with some of these. Um, keeping an eye on some of the games, I was tempted with the Italy game and and uh, and the, the Wales Turkey one. I didn't play on those ones. I think I should have done. Um, but with this, I'm going for under two and a half cards in the game. So you know, again, so so two two or less. Um, with everything that we've talked about, um, it, it's it's I can't see it being you know a. a kind of a dirty game I, I can't see any incident like the one that happened in the Turkey Wales game at the end of that game 
where you know there was kind of a full-on Royal Rumble. Um, I just don't see that happening. I just think um, factoring in those players in the Belgian team who are kind of close to Ericsson and know him um, from their time at Spurs and Ajax and Inter, we had Kaku and um, Tonga and Alderweireld. Um, and again, you know, the, the atmosphere is not going to be hostile. You know, it's going to be very supportive of the home team. But at the same time, the Danish fans, if they go a goal down to Belgium, they're not going to be baying for blood. Um, that's a factor. The referee in this game, um, Bjorn Kulpers, uh, the Dutch referee, um, you know, he's a pretty chilled out Dutchman, uh, averages around two cards a game in the Eredivisie. And when he's refereed in the Champions League, his line, you know, again, is averaging around just over three. But with the context of this game and the context of the Euro so far and how, you know, cards haven't been free-flowing, um, I think I think this is a standout bet. You know, I'm having a couple of units on this. Um, 1.83 you know, is the line. I, I just don't see many cards in this game. I just think um, Belgium don't really, sort of, you know, they don't really pick up that many yellows. Um, Denmark, they're a physical tough team, but they're quite, you know, they're a fair team. You know, they don't really engage in the dark arts. Neither of them do. And I just think the kind of the tempo is there. And even if there are a couple of challenges flying in, is a referee going to start booking players? You know, is a referee really going to send someone off in a game like this? This is a big call. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my thinking on it. I might be completely way off because... I had a similar one on the uh, Scotland-Czech Republic game, which was the other way around. I thought that would be yeah. kind of fighting. There were no cards in that. So uh, who knows? But but that's my way of looking at it. But I wouldn't put anyone off the um, you know the match odds. Yeah. All right. Terrific, mate. We've spoken a lot about this game. And uh, Tony has said here that Katie or Kevin De Bruyne has been past fit, but they want to manage his minutes before the knockouts. So, yeah, may not start, but could play him yeah, uh, near the end, I'm guessing, or maybe they, uh, if they need him or rest him maybe throughout the rest of the group stage matches if they don't need a goal. Um, cool, mate. I reckon we, we move on to the last game in tomorrow's round of games, Netherlands versus Austria. I will get the odds up on the screen. Netherlands reasonably short at 1.58, 1.6 on the exchanges. The draw, you can get at about 4.2, 4.33. And Austria coming in pretty big odds there, 6.3, 6.4, anything around there on the exchanges. Um, Netherlands. Brilliant against the Ukraine, I thought, an attack 2.15 in XG, creating lots of great chances. Uh, they did let two goals slip to Ukraine, but at least one of them was just an absolute worldie so, uh, by Yarmolenko. So you can't really yeah. uh, question their defence too much there. I think every defence in the world would have conceded that goal. Uh, and a great start to the tournament for Austria too. You would think... Um, you would think they probably won't go for it as much as they did in the North Macedonia game. You can kind of um, see them fighting for a for a point here, maybe sitting back a little bit against the Dutch. Um, but people will be then questioning if they have the defensive capabilities to do so, mate. So 
interesting game here to see how it plays out with both these teams already got one win under their belts. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that they they might be quite cynical. I think, you know, from Austrian sources, I was reading on the UEFA site, one of the Austrian reporters was saying that they'll, you know, they will look to, to play for a point. But I still think there'll be goals in this. I, I just think this Netherlands side is just too leaky. And I think Austria are a good side on the counter. Um, I mean, they won't have Arnautovic um, because he just, just went mental in the last game after his goal celebration. Now he's got a ban for it. Um, oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, have, I haven't looked into all the details of it. But um, yeah, so he'll be out. But I mean, again, um, well, they do have Seferovic. They've got... But I mean, Alaba is kind of um, Kante light, you know. I mean, no, that's that's doing a disservice. Alaba is a brilliant player, um, and he can kind of flick in so many places. He's such a threat, um, you know, with his creativity. So I think they've got enough quality in there to to, to hurt um, the Netherlands. I think um, if they were, you know, a little bit more adventurous, then I think they could get a goal or two. So I, I think there will be goals in this. I think the Dutch uh, under the ball, I don't think they really know how to kind of defend. I mean, even with his decisions in, in the, um, the Ukraine game, I think, you know, again, they were 2 0 up. I think he took, I can't remember exactly the substitutions, but, you know, he took off a defender, um, <laughs> went to 2 2, he took off another defender. Um, I mean, just kind of everything just kind of counts to kind of logic you'd expect from the elite managers. Uh, maybe we're being really harsh on him. I just, I haven't seen this kind of you know, sort of um, this manager that was at Ajax, you know, in any of his jobs when he was at Palace or at Inter, and, and now with the Dutch team, they were making a lot of progress before with uh, with Komen, But um, it's, it's a strange team. I just think they're very vulnerable um, at the back. I think they're a little bit disorganised against Ukraine. I think they, they did have a lot uh, of chances, and you know they were fantastic going forward, but they left a lot of space. So I think Austria could hurt them on the counter-attack. Um, and, and I think there'll definitely be goals in it. I mean, other than that, again, I mean, if you be, what were the um, the match odds again? Uh, it was like 1.55 for, for Netherlands. Sixes. I mean, Austria, that's a big price. I think they were going off around sixes, right? Um, yeah. So, again, you know, I wouldn't put you off backing them for a kind of shock result here. I thought Ukraine might do it. I think Austria could do it. I'm not really on side. I mean, I, I love the Dutch side. They're so entertaining, but that kind of entertainment is not going to win this Euros. You know, a team playing like that is, is going to get exposed brutally by a you know, quality side. And, um, you know, even a side, you know, as decent as Ukraine and Austria, there's not much between Ukraine and Austria, I think, in terms of their personnel, in terms of the quality in their squads. So um, more than capable, you know, if you wanted to try Austria double chance, um, you know, take a trading angle, kind of lay Netherlands at the start, maybe Austria take a, a shot goal. It all kind of depends how they set up. You know, if they are going to be negative, they are going to kind of sit back and just wait to be broken down, then um, it'll be tricky. But I think, um, you know, with the Netherlands, they, they've got quality options, you know, in, in their squad. Um, another bet that I'm, I'm looking at as well is, again, on the passes, on the player passes for Frankie de Jong, on the overs line, um, I believe it was 73 and a half, which is pretty high. Um, but again, looking at his stats, there were a few, just a few kind of freak results, a few games where, um, you know, he, he didn't hit that, but generally he's been very consistent. 
if Austria do set up to kind of frustrate and just sit with a low block, he's going to have a lot of the ball. The ball's going to keep coming back to him and he's going to keep pinging it around. Um, and it could get frustrating for the Netherlands. So if the, if the game plays out with, um, with a kind of slow start, Austria just trying to frustrate, um, you know, that, that could come in quite easily. Um, so that, that would be uh, my one pick for the game. The other one, kind of combining something into a bet builder, like we said, I think both teams to score and over two goals in the match. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that there will be goals in this, in this game. I'm hopeful that um, Austria can hit on the counter and the Netherlands can't be trusted to, to keep a clean sheet. Um, so that, that would be my way of playing it. All right. Nice, mate. And uh, gambling fan says he's a bit late, but Ukraine to win to nil. Uh, I don't think that was something we uh, we went through. It feels like years ago. No, I think so. so yeah, so one of the stats that in you know, the standout stats for Macedonia is that they've um, they scored in fourteen of their last fifteen games. And I think I, I personally wouldn't do that. It could, it could happen. You know, Ukraine might keep it tight, and and um, Macedonia might not get that goal. But that's not something I would be on personally. But if you're playing it, then you know, good luck to you. One of the things that I I had a look at here, mate, was uh, was Netherlands. I, I just think there's lots of goals in them, and I was. I think lots of people will kind of give you the narrative that there's not been that many goals scored in the in the Euros so far. But looking at the games yesterday, and including the ones from today, there's been a team has scored over two and a half goals in six out of the 15 games. So pretty close to, reasonably close to to 50-50 there. And I think if you look at a game like this, Austria not to flash in defence and Netherlands love to attack. Um, over two and a half goals for Netherlands is at three on Unibet and Bet365. So that was just something that I looked at yesterday and thought, yeah, I mean, it's, the, the hard part for me is just wondering how defensively set up Austria will be. What, did, what do you think about that one, mate? Yeah, I mean, it, look, if Netherlands kind of click into gear, I mean, Memphis Defy, you know, he's got moments of magic in him, um, you know, and, and I'm sure he'll want to get in the, the score sheet. Uh, Vegas is going to cause them all kinds of problems. He's going to be a nuisance up front. I mean, even look, when Yaldum was, was there popping up, I think, um, look, with the home crowd, they've got the first win under their belt. Um, you know, Dutch fans will not tolerate um, a kind of slow, ponderous approach. They'll want them to attack. They'll push them forward. That noise in the crowd is going to, um, you know, give them that adrenaline rush. And, and and they'll want to, you know, it's kind of instilled in, in the Dutch game. You know, they've, they, um, they've never really been a kind of negative team. I suppose the, the, maybe the World Cup where it was kind of Spain, that final against Spain and Nigel de Jong, Kung Fu kicking savvy. That's maybe different Dutch team, but um, yeah, I, I think it's possible. Uh, but like you say, it kind of depends on how um, Austria set the game. Maybe one way could be looking at um, the second half. Um, I mean, there is a second half bias. I, I can't remember the stats, and um, yeah. don't want to ramble on for too long either. But you know, again, I, I do know that for pretty sure that there is a second half bias for the Dutch in terms of goals that they score, in terms of goals that they concede. So again, you know, if it's looking kind of quiet at halftime, it could be a draw full time for the Dutch, could be um, a more goals in the second half kind of angle or over one and a half second half. Um, you know, the game could kind of explode into life like it did 
um, against Ukraine. So yeah, I think that that's definitely worth call. Oh yeah, I, I mean that that could happen. Yeah. All right. Nice, mate. I think uh, I think we'll leave it there for today, mate. I th- we got through quite a lot there. We spent a lot of time covering the f- the first two games at least. So um, there's yeah, like always, mate. There's there's plenty of fat to chew over there for our listeners, um, mate. Best bet for tomorrow. Where are you taking me? Um, I think of all of them, to be honest. Now you know, thinking about it, I had something else in mind, but um, I think just Belgium to win. I think it's just simple. A simple bet. It's just, just. I think there's, they're, they're too long. I think that you know, he's been swayed by Tony, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, no. I mean, I agree with him. Um, but I mean, if you wanted to keep it on side, you know, and, and have, have a safer play, you could do double chance Belgium under four goals. You know, combine it into some kind of some kind of um, bet that keeps Belgium on side. Um, see if you can get a bit of value. Um, but no, all right, no, 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 all right. I'll, I'll go with my under two and a halfs. I, I just, I just, um, it's going to be like five red cards in the game now. But I'm going to stick with that under two and a half in, in the Belgium game. All right, love it, mate. And um, I know people are screaming out for some more mug bets from me, mate. Um, so, <laughs> well, you know, listen, you, you said France was a mug bet, but the thing is, the markets are, are, are strange. You know, um, this with Belgium playing off as they are. You said France, and the, their price was drifting, but. I backed them. I mean, I, I, I just I thought, no, their price was too long. So I don't think it was a mug bet at all. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just I just call it a mug bet because, mate, I do very little research and I just, you know, <laughs> go with how I'm feeling on the day. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. But, but today I'm feeling lucky, mate. I'm going to go very muggish and I'm going to go for a little double here, mate. I'm going to go under one and a half goals in the, in the Denmark, uh, Denmark, uh, Belgium game. And that's this is with Bet365. I found both these bets at Bet365. A little bit of outlier there too. Um, and over two and a half goals for the Netherlands, just to, for them to score over two and a half goals against that leaky Austrian defence. And that, that was at threes at Bet365. So combine them together, mate, and you're going to get a juicy 9.6 in odds. Um, and the true value, the value mm, of that is somewhere around, you know, three probably, something like that. So we're talking about maximum EV here, mate. Um, so, yeah, I know people are screaming out for my for my uh, mug bet of the day. So there you go. Mate, you could, it could very well happen, yeah. I mean, listen, you called you called fin- Finland like from day one. You were like, yeah, uh, <laughs> this kind of Sisu and this uh, Finnish uh, spirit, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, they got the win. Um, well, you weren't far off from Sweden. You weren't far off from Sweden either. So, um, tell you yeah. what, mate. Maybe there's something in this for me. Maybe I should. Uh, maybe I should quit my day job. Uh, <laughs> Limerick, Limerick for Liam says: Is there any team that has played above what you expected of them so far? That's a great question. That's actually, really I really like that. What are your question. thoughts, mate? I can get up all the teams and I can give you my um, my above expected. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I, I backed Italy before the tournament, so I can't really say Italy, but even then they've surprised me. Um, I would say, I mean, Wales. Wales, tonight, I was going to say. I mean, they were, they were horrendous in the first game. I did not see that coming at all. And, uh, I mean, they ruined my bet and my, my travel, but I'm really chuffed for them. I mean, uh, they've got a great chance. I mean, they're pretty much they're through to, to knockouts now. Um, so yeah, I, I would say there's just that performance from Wales has been really impressive. Yeah. It's difficult and to say, yeah. 
and they've played twice, so it's hard exactly. to pick any of the other yeah. teams. I was exactly. going to say. I was going to say Slovakia. That was a very surprising result, I think. It, it two mean, goals yeah. For them actually, that's two goals. 100% actually. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I think with Slovakia, again, they, they were tipped up in so many places to be tournaments, uh, lower scorers. They just ruined so many people's bets. Oh, I had uh, them too. a scoring team. I think I got them at 10 or something like that. I thought it was a great bet, but... Yeah, I mean, their XG was awful in qualifying and then they go and score two goals in the first game. Uh, so... Um, yeah, no, no, definitely, I'd say Slovakia for sure. Um, I mean, Hungary impressed me. They were really unlucky, I think. Um, that you know, they could have kind of ground out a draw without their best player, their main creative threat. Um, so there's been a few, but but yeah, still early days. I think there's a few more to come. Yeah. All right, awesome. And uh, and only fools lay horses, Tony has said. I'm here all <laughs> Cheers, week sir. if you need some help, Neil. Uh, maybe Always, we can yeah. even get him on for a stream. I mean, his, his insight yeah, yeah, is very valuable. I've, I haven't even thought about that until now. So uh, maybe I'll flick you a message later, Tony. Um, all right, let's call it a day, mate. You can find uh, you can find Neil at My Better Life on Twitter and you can also check out his website slash blog, My Better Life. Com if you want to follow my incredible mug bets. I felt bad yesterday, mate. I tweeted out, um, what did I tweet out? I said, I just, you know, was basically boasting about my incredible pick of France. Um, and I said, DM for more, for more free Euro bets. But I was, I was, I was joking. I'm sorry for those who don't understand my humor. And straight away, my, my message request just blew up on Twitter. Nice. I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I had to explain to every single one of them that I was taking the piss. So, uh, yeah, sorry for anyone uh, out there that doesn't understand that. But mate, anything else you wanted to say about today, or we'll, uh, we'll catch up tomorrow. Yeah, no, no, we'll catch up tomorrow. Um, Gambling fan says, yeah, Tony for the next stream. So, yeah, let's get him on. Yeah, cool, mate. Well, just be me and Neil again tomorrow. Uh, I don't think George and Nigel, maybe they'll be joining sometime next week. I haven't really looked at our little roster thing. But, yeah, uh, be back tomorrow to preview a lot of games, I think, because we're not going to be on during the weekend at least. So maybe we'll have a look at a few of the weekend fixtures. Um, But thanks for listening, everyone. Please do a quick rate and review of the podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports and start your value betting journey. Mate, I will see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow, Alex. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.